Fourth and final hour on this rainy Thursday. Darren McFarland, Chase McCabe, Willie D is out in Denver. Tonight, it's the Predators and the Avalanche. Eight o'clock puck drop. I'll have pregame for you at seven. Everything heard right here on 1025 The Game. This is game two of this four-game road trip. It's a long road trip. It's eight days, but only four games. So they had a game in Detroit on Monday against the Red Wings. Tonight, against the Avalanche, they'll be up in Northern California to take on the Sharks on Saturday evening. So I'll have some late-night hockey for you then. And then they finish things up in Vancouver on Tuesday night, which is just an absolutely beautiful place to visit. Elliot Freeman joins us every week at this time. Don't forget, we will have Predators tickets to give away after this interview with Elliot. And Elliot is brought to you every week by Carrie Zire Remax Elite. Elliot, how you doing? Sorry to hear it's raining. <laughs> it's cold and rainy. It's Oh, by the way, it's November, so I guess we should expect that. Yes, yes. So we, we had our first snowfall of the year last night here in Toronto, so you know that there's at least one place in North America you're better off than weather-wise. Yeah, and I we've actually kind of joked that there's a real shot on this road trip. The Preds will probably see snow on the ground. Probably a good chance of it, for sure. Um, you know what? In Vancouver, you get rain. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You do get a lot of that. Although when I was there right before – the last time I was there was right before the 2010 Olympics, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of snow – Definitely a lot of snow around. That was in probably Whistler. late December. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's good a trip. Uh, yeah, it definitely is a good trip. So we've been talking a lot about the power play, something that we talked about a lot last year, but for all the wrong reasons. This year we're yep. talking about it for all the right reasons. Things are definitely going the right direction. I mean, of course you add Matt Duchesne. That helps. Yep. Of course you add Dan Lambert, a guy that can just specifically – coach and talk about you know doing things differently so you've got things in place that you knew would probably help things but I don't think we thought it would look like this this quick what so I'll ask you what have you seen what do you like about this Preds power play through 15 games that uh, like I said is going the right direction well one of the things you didn't mention there is you kind of gone away from bombing away from the points too right yep yep See, like I love a good slap shot. Like, I still think when you've got a, I mean, you still have Alice there, and, you know, but yet you had Subban, and years ago you had Weber. There's something to me that's fun as a guy who grew up uh, when the slap shot was a big weapon in this league about, hey, when, when you see one of those three guys and the puck's going over there, you know what's going to happen, there's an excitement factor. And, I, and if you sit in a crowd, and you know that you got a bomber and the puck's going over that way, there's a certain ooh and ah that comes out. Unfortunately, it's not that that's a dying art. It's just that teams are too good at defending it. And, you know, there was an article on our website at Sportsnet this week about kind of the, the death and the decline of the slap shot. And you guys were one of the last teams that was doing it, especially a lot. And I understand because you had the weapons that allowed you to do it. But this league is going away from that. Teams can defend it too easily, especially when there's too many options for it on the power play. And, you know, I I think that you guys realize that in addition to fresh ideas, in addition to some new personnel, as you've mentioned, um, I I think that you had to go away from that as being your number one option. You simply can't do that anymore, and you guys have made the change. 
Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, I was looking at a stat, Elliot, earlier today where they had, now this is per at least 20 minutes of, you know, the man advantage, uh, the extra man, and Roman Yossi, Matt Duchesne, Victor Arvidsson, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, they ranked number one in the league as the top power play unit uh, being effective. Toronto was actually two, Boston three, Capitals yep. four. But I had this discussion with, with Hal Gill, who's a part of our radio team, on one of the post games, and he brought up how the role has changed for Victor Arvidsson. Here's a little guy that last year, Elliot, was standing in front of the net, and we used to joke, call it the RV screen, the jump screen, where now Victor has moved around. Now they got the big body Ryan Johansson in front. trying to. So they've even kind of moved some parts around, and that seems to be working as well. Well, What's the old Albert Einstein line? Like... um the, uh, what's the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again when it's not working. Yeah, and expecting and a different was, result, yeah. Yes, and well, as you can see, I'm not exactly um, much for my old English lessons or anything <laughs> like that. I can't remember these quotes exactly, but it was something like that. Um, you know, but I mean, that I think that is exactly the way you guys attacked it in the offseason. You know, we, we can't keep doing the same thing. We've tried, and... I think what is proof is even if you have really talented players, and you guys do have really talented players, if you do the same thing in this league over and over again, people are going to shut it down. And you do things in this league that proven that they don't work, they're going to shut it. People are going to shut it down. Now, you know, I worked last night Edmonton, St. Louis, and Edmonton early in the year had a killer power play. They had James Neal, who you guys know really well, right in front of the net, and they were getting the puck to him and he was scoring or creating good chances. Well, now teams have seen that for a month. They're not letting you get the puck to James Neal in the front of the net, and Edmonton has to change what they do. You guys tried some things. They didn't work. The league adjusted to it. You didn't make the change. It didn't work. And now, finally, at the end of last season, you guys all sat down and said, we got to make the change. And it's not only getting new players. It's trying a new way of attacking it's putting the same players, as you mentioned, in different positions. And you know what's going to happen is teams are watching your power play now, and they're saying, okay, this is what's working for Nashville, and pretty soon we're going to start taking that away. The way a penalty kill generally works is you find the one or two things that another team does well on their power play, and you say, we're not letting them beat us with that. So whatever's working for you guys right now, your opponents call her out at night, they're saying, we're not going to let them beat us with that. So now you're going to have to readjust to whatever Colorado and these other teams try to shut what's working down. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I was watching your – Predators had a little matinee hockey this past Saturday. And so Saturday night yep. I was watching your all's coverage and, and you guys were talking during one of the intermissions. And and it was about the Predators division. And you, you talked about Winnipeg, which you've discussed with us as well. And when you look around the division right now, you know, Colorado and the Preds will play tonight. You've got two of the big three out of the lineup for a while for Colorado. Yeah. How will that affect them? Tarasenko is going to be out for five months before he's reevaluated for the Blues. You wonder long-term how will that will affect them. And then you've got just like what are Winnipeg, Dallas, Chicago, and Minnesota. When you look at the Predators division right now, what do you see through the first month-plus of the season? Well, I, th- I I see some surprises. There's no question. I mean, I think a lot of us thought that this was going to be a tough year for Minnesota, and that's kind of exactly what's happened. There were a lot of varying opinions on Chicago 
Um, I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team, but I didn't think that they were going to be like this. This has been uh, much more of a disappointing and brutal start for the Blackhawks than I think most people expected. And that organization is not exactly known for its patience. I think we're all kind of wondering exactly what's going to come out of that. You know, Winnipeg, uh, they've really battled. I, I, I think they've shown a lot of com- com- competition, but they've got a lot of injuries. They've got a lot of guys missing. And it's like they have had their whole year this year, like Blake Wheeler was at their practice this morning, and he, he said, like, it just seems like there's something else every day. And he looked at the reporter and said, you have no idea. So they are really fighting, and I, I give them a lot of credit. I think they've played really hard, but they are fighting to keep their heads above water. And, you know, St. Louis, I know they got the big injury there to Tarasenko. I watched them in Vancouver and Edmonton, who were at the top of their division last two nights. They still play hard, man. Like, I don't care who's out of that lineup. That team plays hard, and they defend. They're going to be a lot of trouble for you. And as for Colorado, I think they're going to be fine. They were great before the injuries. They've lost two key players. They are going to be fine when everybody gets healthy. And I'll tell you something else. They're, they're going to swing for the fences in terms of who's available later in the year. I really, they got a lot of assets. They got a lot of young players. I, I think the Avalanche think they can win it this year. And I think they're going to go for it. Yeah. That's number 13 on his 31 thoughts. Very nice. CA. By, by the way, do you think the three of us, Elliot, uh, did you see how the Blues won in overtime? I know you did. Uh, a three-on-O. Yeah. Three you got to love a three-on-O in overtime. <laughs> do you think the yeah. three of us could have finished it off? You know, no. And, you know, <laughs> first of all, first of all, they, uh, I thought they were going to blow it for a sec. They looked so surprised. They didn't know right. what to do. <laughs> like I, I, but I'll tell you a funny story. And so, I'm not going to tell you who it is. He's a broadcaster in the league, and you probably know him. But he was once working, uh, before he really hit it big as a broadcaster, he was working behind the scenes as a stats guy, like a lot of us did. And he was in a booth with Kelly Rudy, the former Kings goalie who I work with now. And he said to Kelly, uh, when Kelly was retired at the time, I think I could score on you if I took a breakaway. And Kelly got mad. Like, he got really pissed off. Kelly's a great guy, but he's got a lot of pride. And he's like, you think you could score on me? Like, I played 15 years in the NHL because, the, like, normally Kelly wouldn't react like that, but the guy, the way the guy said it was really dismissive. And, and I said to him after, like, you know, you got really upset at that guy. And he goes, <laughs> hey, I take a lot of pride in the fact I played 15 years. You think you could walk out of the ice and score on me? No chance. So, no offense, guys, but that guy Markstrom, he's pretty competitive. Not a chance you three are scoring on him. <laughs> that was a very honest and that correct was. answer. <laughs> Elliot Friedman here with us on Darren Donick and Chase every week, brought to you by Kerry Zyra Remax Elite. And uh, another thing that you have in your 31 thoughts on sportsnet.ca is Pierre Dorian, the general manager for the Ottawa Senators, actually made a trip to Los Angeles and to Nashville recently. I know that started yep. up the rumor mill, as you say in the column. What was uh, what was he looking to do? Well, you know, anytime somebody shows up where they're not supposed to show up, we're all making stuff up, right? Like, we all got to fill <laughs> airtime. So, you know, I, I, I asked around. I asked him, you know, what what was that? And, you know, he said, and I have reported, and, and they've admitted they're looking for forwards. They're looking for guys with some experience because they got a lot of kids and, you know, they don't want their kids to get crushed. 
And uh, so, you know, I, I asked him about it, and he said, look, like, we had six days off. They played on Sunday, and they didn't have another game until Saturday. I don't get a chance to see a lot of the West Coast teams, so he went to see L.A. Vancouver and you guys at home in that, in that great game against Calgary. And, uh, you know, he just said, I wanted to see some guys I don't normally get a chance to see. He said, I'm not making anything, any deals out of it. There's nothing happening. Now, there had been a rumbling going around that maybe they would consider bringing back uh, Turris, who, as you guys know, is on the block. And he wouldn't talk about it with me. He doesn't like to discuss those kinds of rumors. But I did hear from somebody else that that's not going to be happening. So I just kind of put that one to bed before it got any real legs. So we just hit the two-year anniversary of the of the trade that sent Duchesne to Ottawa and Kyle Torres here. Uh, ironically, now they're both on the same team. And you oh, do amazing. mention – I know it's crazy that it, in a short amount of time that happened. But you do mention that the that Kyle Torres being on the block. Gut feeling, do you think before the deadline David Poyle makes that move? I think it's going to be tough. I think, he, I think you guys would like to. As you know, you've got some business you've got to deal with at the end of the year. I mean, hey, why was P.K. Subban traded? You knew you had business to do with Roman Yossi and Matt Duchesne, you were hoping at the time. And, you know, now at the end of this year, you've got some business to do with, you know, one or both of Michael Grandlin and Craig Smith. And I think they know that they would like to clear that space if they can. But it's going to be a tough one. I, I think that's going to be a hard one to move. I think Turris has is, is taken steps. Like I told you guys, like the Kyle Turris I watched last year, I, I don't know what that was. That's not the Kyle Turris I know. Um, he's taken steps. He's been better. But, you know, he's gonna, with the contract, he's going to have to be consistently better before uh, David Poyle can work his wizardry on that one. Let's uh, let's have our weekly Dustin Bufflin update because you also uh, go in depth with that and everything going on in Winnipeg with him. Uh, I mean, are we going to see him back in a Jets jersey at some point this season? I, I assume after the first of the year? Well, I think they want him back. Like, one of the things, I, I talked about this on the show uh, last Saturday night, uh, and I said that it was uncertain as to whether or not both sides wanted the marriage to resume. I have since been told, as I alluded to in my column, that I believe the Jets want him back. Like, no matter what's happened, uh, they, they know how good he is. The GM there, Kevin Sheveldayoff and Bufflin, have long had a really good relationship. That's obviously been tested here, but it was very strong before. And I think the team wants him back. I think the biggest question is, you know, what he wants. And you guys know, and all the listeners out there know, there's a reason why people always say you don't lend money from or lend money to your friends or your family. Because the only thing that really destroys a friendship like that or a relationship like that is money. Unfortunately, it ruins things. And um, I just don't know what the future is going to hold, but I think the team really wants them back if they can get this all sorted out. The problem is I, I think the teams are really out of it, and Dub Bufflin's really out of it. This is shaping up to be a league and players association thing to finally so- sort this out. Elliot, good stuff as always. We appreciate it. Uh, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next Thursday. All right, you guys too. Have a great weekend. All right, that is Elliot Friedman brought to you every week. That's presented by Carrie Zire, REMAX Elite. When we come back, we will ask a question from that interview and give you a chance to win Predators and Blackhawks tickets. That's all on the other side of Darren, Donnick, and Chase, ESPN 1025, the game.